Thank you, gentlemen, for all the transportation. Oh, you know, with Quigley frozen, it's been deucedly difficult for me to get about. When this is all said and done, I really do hope the poor fellow thaws, you know, properly. I'm sure he'll be okay, Lord Highborn. After all, Jack Frost did promise that if we reported to work and didn't cause any trouble, Quigley and Mrs. Miniver would be restored to full health. And of course, we can trust an evil Power Man Popsicle to keep his word, right? Do you really think now is the appropriate time for sarcasm, old chap? Whenever Jack's around, it's always an appropriate time for sarcasm. There's the door, Shades. Um, maybe this time you should knock. When Shades reaches to knock on the door, it violently flies open, and a noivous Ryan comes out to greet him. That's twice in a row that you opened the door before we knocked, boss. You know, if you keep this up, Ryan, it could become a habit. Thanks for the warning. In the future, I'll watch out for signs of that developing. But right now, I need you guys to listen up. I gotta deliver this message quick before Frosty gets curious and comes looking. You have our full attention, young Ryan. Perfect. Jack, Shades, take these. Gee, these are swell. But do they come in orange and blue? Oi, Vey, we don't have time for silly questions. What are these, Ryan? Teleportation discs. Professor Veritas made them so Jack and Shades can go to Santa's workshop. You mean the professor created these things to take someone all the way to the North Pole instantaneously? Exactly. They're small enough to fit in my pants pocket. I say, that's only about the size of a large coin. What an ingenious marvel of miniaturization. Yeah, Veritas is brilliant, but can you let Ryan tell us the plan sometime before the insidious Iceman decides to turn us into lawn ornaments? The Professor discovered it was Santa who captured Frost, imprisoning him in the snow globe Jack found. Apparently, the evil iceberg wanted to enslave us. Leave it to Jack to find and release the insane ice monster with delusions of grandeur. Veritas is thinking that Shades and I can convince jolly old Saint Nick to put this evil ice genie back in the bottle, right? Now you're catching on. Capital idea. First-rate thinking. <laughs> How can I be of assistance? Okay, huddle up. Here's the plan. Professor Veritas is joined by the evil lord of the (laughs) evening's chill, Jack Frost. Let's listen in. Is the algorithm in place and active? Yes, but are you sure it will work? It had better. Since you designed it, if it fails, I will put you and your friends on ice permanently. But hypnotizing the entire world with a single Christmas podcast seems ridiculous. As MC begins to talk, he will power the mechanism sending your algorithm into every Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, or internet connection worldwide. My special winter magic will then be released enslaving both the listeners and all those that come into contact with them. 
with the population as plugged in and interconnected as we are, hmm, possibly yes, it will work. You had better hope so. May I ask you a serious question? Ask me anything you want. I am an open book. I mean, you're Jack Frost, known and celebrated the world over. You have the power of winter itself in your fingertips. Why would you want to rule a world such as ours? We mortals are no great prize. Good question. Years ago, I realized that very thing. Who are mortals? More to the point, why should I care about them? I and my comrades, such as the Easter Bunny, the Pumpkin King, the Tooth Fairy, and so on, are way beyond mere mortals, in both majesty and power. Exactly my point. Also, once a year, you are spotlighted and celebrated. People look forward to partying with you. Your stories help to make the world a better place. What's wrong with that? That is the very same argument Santa Claus stated before the Council of Holidays, when I proposed we conquer the world years ago. He also added that God himself gave us a mission to bring fun and creativity and relaxation to his children once a year, thus demonstrating the power of the imagination God had placed in all of them. Hmm. Seems like a wise man, Santa. What's wrong with his point? What's wrong with his point? You ask me, what's wrong with his point? My dear professor, the problem is, our greatness should be recognized year-round. We are the superior race. Humans should serve us all year long. And for attempting to force that upon the earth, Santa had me imprisoned in a snow globe. We should not be worshipped, Santa said. Only God should be worshipped. We are just fun stories to help improve the imagination and creativity of those he places in our care. We are here for fun and enjoyment, not veneration. I say, why not both? Why not both? I deserve all the veneration possible from you lesser beings. When this night is over, I'm going to get it. Hmm, I'm beginning to like Santa more and more. There, MC is addressing the mic, about to start the show. So it begins. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone, Merry and have Christmas we got a lot of Yuletide Professor. cheer for you tonight. <laughs> also, a very special surprise under the Christmas tree. It all starts after this message. Somewhere in Gotham City, we find the waddling penguin, that nefarious fowl, talking to a corrupt politician. I'll run this town. Gotham City will be Twinkieless. I have hoarded all the Twinkies by hypnotizing the Twinkies delivery men. <laughs> Back at Gotham City Police Headquarters, Commissioner Gordon makes the call. Batman, this is terrible. All the hostess Twinkies have disappeared from Gotham City. 
We need your help desperately. Yes, Commissioner. Emergency, Robin. To the Batmobile. My seatbelt's as good as fastened. Gee, Batman, who do you think would be so foul as to do such a dastardly trick? No fiend would be so foul, but the most fiendish foul of them all, the Penguin. The speedy duo race the clock to the Penguin's hideout. After they sneak inside, they find all the Twinkie delivery men muttering and climbing the walls of his warehouse. Once spotted, the Penguin makes a break for the exit. Penguin, you dirty bird! Release the Twinkie delivery men from your spell! Quack! <laughs> Never! No one will get any Twinkies in this town again! Batman, hurry! He's getting away! And so is that corrupt politician! Let's use our battering lassos from our utility belts, old chum! With amazing skill, the crime fighters apprehend the two scoundrels with their batarang lassos! Hey, release me! Egad! Councilman Reeves, you've made a terrible mistake conspiring with the Penguin. Oh, I know, Batman. The thought of all those golden sponge cakes just for me, I couldn't help myself. I've been such a fool. What could be more delicious than a hostess Twinkie? A million hostess Twinkies. <laughs> there won't be any Twinkies where you two blackbirds are going. In the pursuit of Twinkie Avarice, the best laid plans of corrupt birds and councilmen have often gone a glee. Okay, okay. Wang, wang, wang. You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Twinkies. While the evil maniacal master of the winter storm rants at poor Professor Veritas, a jittery Lord Highborn approaches the control booth. The whole time, talking to himself under his breath. Come on, old bean. The producer said you must get Jack Frost to leave the control booth without your distraction to cover for Shade and Jack. All will be lost. Oh, <laughs> buck up, old man, and do it for Quigley. Old Highborn opens the door and sees Jack Frost completely ignoring him while he's glued in onto what's going on with the control panel. Lord Highborn, please, please come in. It's really good to see you. Good day, Professor. I am here to remind you that you will be presenting both the plot and the tale of the tape on today's Fantastic Four report. Thank you. I had forgotten. I must go and prepare for it. Frost totally consumed with what's going on on the screen. He doesn't even notice Professor Veritas taking a powder. Well, um, you see, uh, I've been considering what you said when we first met. I, too, am a man of nobility. Sort of a cut above, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, it's kind of a status that we both share. The fiendish Frost starts eyeing Highborn suspiciously, but he's no longer looking at the control panel. Guys, the radio flub-a-dub switch is overheating. If it doesn't cool down, it's gonna explode. Mr. Frost, you have the power to stop this explosion and save tonight's show. I implore you, O Sultan of Snow and Ice and Slush, please come with me now. We all know that you have the power within you to freeze even the hottest of volcanoes. Only you can do it, man. Frost's ego is so properly stroked that he decides to follow Lord Highborn 
without even uttering a word. Okay, man, they're gone. I'll move like the wind and hook up this discronificator thingy into your circuit board, okay? Cool. <laughs> there, that ought to do it. Now Jack and Shades can have the teleportation discs in their pockets without causing any feedback here in the booth. MC, you're up, man. Keeping in the spirit of the season, we bring you a very special Fantastic Four report. Sit back, because this tale contains miracles aplenty. facts about Marvel 2-in-1 number 8, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Number 1. It was published in 1975, written by Steve Gerber and drawn by Gil Kane and Frank Giacoa. It was the first time ever that The Thing met the Ghost Rider. Number 2. It was part of the Steve Gerber legacy in Marvel 2-in-1. Steve started the book off like a regular series, not like a team-up series. And that means that Thing had subplots that would carry from one issue to the next. One of those subplots was Wondar, and Wondar's in this issue. Where with Ghost Rider, he is not handled the way he would later be in his own book, in this book, because he was new, and it was a way to introduce Ghost Rider to the audience. What's unique here is it's a mixing of genres. Thing is a sci-fi genre. Ghost Rider is a horror genre. So the Ghost Rider you see in here is a sci-fi type Ghost Rider, not the usual horror-based character. Number three, the villain is the Miracle Man. We talked about Miracle Man from Fantastic Four number three. Before this book the Miracle Man had met up with the Kiwazi tribe, Wyatt Wingfoot's tribe, and gained actual miracle powers. He could do pretty much anything, changing matter and all this kind of stuff. They took the powers that he had in number three, and they completely expanded them. He was defeated in that two-part story, imprisoned by the elders of the Kiwazi tribe, by basically their gods. He gets out, is now the villain of this particular story. Finally, this is a Christmas issue. It is probably the most unique Christmas story ever in a Marvel comic because it recreates the Christmas story. And those are your four facts about Marvel 2-in-1 number 8. Let's bring on the tale of the tape. Good Yuletide, this is Professor Veritas with tonight's Tale of the Tape, the Johnny Blaze version of Ghost Rider. And here's the origin. Johnny Blaze was a motorcycle stunt performer who made a pact with the demon Zarathos to save his surrogate father from a terminal illness. When he becomes Ghost Rider, he is bonded with the spirit of vengeance transforming into a skeletal being with a flaming skull and supernatural abilities. His first appearance began in 
Marvel Spotlight number 5 in 1972. His powers and abilities? Soul Flame. He can generate, control, and project mystical soul flame, which burns the souls of its victims. This, however, is never fatal to humans. The Penance Stare. He has the ability to make his victims experience all the pain and suffering they have caused others, which can overwhelm and incapacitate them. <laughs> superhuman Strength He possesses immense superhuman strength, allowing him to overpower regular humans and many supernatural beings as well. Invulnerability his supernatural nature provides him with durability and resistance to injury. Enhanced speed and agility, he is faster and more agile than any ordinary human. Regeneration? Mm-hmm. He can heal rapidly from most injuries. And then motorcycle manipulation. Who loves that alliteration? Ghost Rider can control and manipulate his iconic motorcycle, which is mystically linked to him. His weaknesses. Holy weapons. Holy weapons and artifacts have proven effective against him. Penance stare vulnerability? Mm-hmm. Those without a soul or those who do not feel guilt or remorse are immune to the effects of the penance stare. Heh, <laughs> I'll tell you this. He's one scary guy. His skull is literally on fire! Plot by Professor Veritas In Marvel 2-in-1, issue number 8, a yuletide poem sets the scene. Silent night, deadly night, where heroes intervene. Ben Grimm the Thing on a snowy Christmas Eve. With Ghost Rider by his side, ah, they were ready to believe. Ghost Rider, his skull ablazing, came across something amazing. The three wise men he did see. From Israel circa the first century. The spectral rider continued on his desert course, until he found a copy of ancient Jerusalem and was expelled from it by force. Upon this Christmas Eve over friend Wingfoot's tribal home, Mr. Fantastic did spy a familiar star, so his friend Ben Grimm started the Fantastic Car and went into the sky. In this fake Jerusalem did meet the angry rock monster and motorcycle demon. Ha! This caused much heat. The villain stood revealed. It was the miracle man reaching for godhood. He created his own Christmas where Wyatt's tribe once stood. Thing and Ghost Rider opposed his miraculous power. Miracle man set his new Jerusalem ablaze when his plans went sour. Ghost Rider saves the inhabitants and Thing chases the villain. After blinding him with sand, things punches ensures that man of miracles spot in limbo, Joshua Ayers, returns to a villain. In this 
festive tale where darkness sought to reign. The heroes fought the evil, their courage didn't wane. A holiday adventure filled with action and delight. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Jack, and this Fantastic Four report is our Christmas special. This is a Marvel 2-in-1 number 8, The Thing and Ghost Rider, Silent Night, Deadly Night. So to help me with this, we've got Shades. Greetings, good people. And Ryan. The thing about this, the 2-in-1 series came about because of the popularity of the thing. The Human Torch was supposed to be the breakout character, and he got Strange Tales. Well, it turned out Thing was more popular. So in the 1970s, Ben Grimm got his own team-up title, Two-in-One. This was a way for Marvel to keep copyrights alive and introduce new characters. If you had a character who hadn't been seen in a long time, they could appear with Thing or pop over into Marvel team-up and appear with Spider-Man, and you had two of Marvel's popular characters was sometimes less popular. Really? You've got Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider was extremely new. A way to introduce Ghost Rider to people who had never seen him was to team him up with a more popular character, in this case, The Thing. Ghost Rider, I thought, was really cool. I was young, and um, I think when you're young, you want respect and fear. But my two favorite characters when I was young was Ghost Rider and Darth Vader. They had unwavering respect. I just wanted to toss that in. Ghost Rider, respected. The villain of this piece was Miracle Man. He had superpowers this time. Now, he had got those earlier in the Fantastic Four issue in the 130s. This was the follow-up to that. Thing ended up dealing with him and his miraculous powers after he recreates the Christmas story trying to strive for godhood. I utterly loved the insanity of this plot. I did not. Thing and Ghost Rider dealing with this whole nuts idea that Miracle Man had that he could be a god if he created his own Jesus. I thought it was just too much fun. I did like the way it resolved, and I love the artwork on it. One thing I thought was a little telling, almost sad, uh, I think you could say sad, is that how non-controversial Christmas was back then. You can openly have Christmas, you can have a manger, you can have a Christ child, and it just wasn't as problematic as it is now. Now it's like, oh, it's such a hot button, you know, issue. How dare you, you know, talk about Christianity and, and all that stuff. So it's just kind of sad. And we're going back to 1974. So to me, it just seems kind of a shame that there was a time in the world where Christianity and Christmas was just not super controversial as it is now. The first time Thing teamed up with the Ghost Rider, I totally liked the idea, the two conflicting styles. Steve Gerber's run on Marvel 2-in-1 is my favorite run on Marvel 2-in-1. As far as story goes, artwork, it would be George Perez. My favorite part of this story is when Thing is trying to get Reed to hang out with his family, but Reed is just obsessed with this star. Reed says, Christmas Eve, the new star in the heavens. Doesn't that ring any bells with you? And Ben goes, yeah, it reminds me that 2,000 years ago, a kid was born who'd want you to spend tonight with your family. (laughs) Classic. That is good. Classic Ben Grimm. That is definitely. So I got a big thumbs up on this issue. That's my initial thoughts. What do you think? Shades. 
Okay, I didn't love the episode. I don't know if I'm not in a good Christmassy mood or what, but I just, I don't know, the whole thing was just kind of, it seemed kind of contrived to me. You had to get some guy and his wacky idea. Now, uh, granted, he is insane, but he says, I'm going to rule the world by recreating the Christ child virgin birth, except I'm going to be the master of the Christ child, and through him, I'm going to somehow rule the I think there's just an easier way, even for a, a lunatic to go, to rule the world. As a Christian man myself, I do appreciate the, the whole Christmas thing. I mean, because there was a star over Bethlehem. There were wise men, maybe not three, but there were wise men. So I appreciate that. I just think, I don't know, it just it just seemed kind of thrown together. Miracle Man is still not one of my most beloved villains. Sal Buscema is a good artist, not one of my all-time favorites. Ghost Rider, I like the Ghost Rider. I prefer when he has his flame cycle. It's a power he discovers I guess later or maybe it's just, you know, it's, it saves him energy to have a physical motorcycle. Ghost Rider before his personality split. I liked him when he was just Johnny Blaze who could turn into a flaming skull. He, he changed a little. I liked a little, but when it became a separate personality, it's a whole nother conversation of, about Ghost Rider. But this episode, I thought it was okay. So we're gonna throw this to Ryan and get his initial thoughts. Um... I actually thought the story was interesting, although it was a little odd for a Christmas story. <laughs> the correlations to, you know, I guess you could say Jesus and his whole story and Miracle Man creating his own, uh, I guess you could say his own Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, it was, it was, you know, it, it was an odd one nonetheless, but I, I did enjoy it. The art came completely new to me because I'm pretty sure this is farther along, right? The Yeah, this is farther along, so the art does look very, very much better. The new Ben is, uh, or the new thing, Ben Grimm, is much, much more fleshed out. You can see his sort of rocky texture and, um... Just, you know, he looks nicer. Ghost Rider and Thing, actually, I didn't know they had worked together as as, as they have, but it, it worked out, honestly. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, they didn't get to show off their abilities together too much. They were more sort of individual, but, I, you know, nonetheless, I thought it was pretty cool. I wanted to see more of Ghost Rider and, like, more explanation for him. Miracle Man got a whole new change and a whole new uh, update, I guess you could say, with his new outfit, new powers, new reasoning to want to take over the world this time. <laughs> I do agree, Jack. This, um, what's it called? This is somewhat of a whole new kind of story, a silly story, but it is, it's really good. You see how Miracle Man, instead of being just sort of like, what was it, illusions and, and tricks, mind tricks, how he has new powers, newfound powers and abilities, and he uses those, although he doesn't use them well enough because he still gets defeated. <laughs> Lasers from his hands. Yeah, his powers now, compared to how they were before, are... I'd say they're much better. I like them now, especially because, you know, instead of just doing uh, illusions and mind tricks, he can actually kind of compete with these people who have superpowers. 
he's going to be a much more formidable opponent. My last thoughts here, it did, yeah, the story itself was, you know, it was very, yeah, I just thought the story was uh, linear, it was straightforward to the point, and it made sense. So, overall, I give the villain a 8 out of 10, because I do like his new upgrades, his new updates, and his changes. I will give the story a solid, like, 6, because, uh, 6 to 7. It was a good story, but it was very silly. It was uh, out of, like, left field. <laughs> it wasn't something I was expecting to see. And uh, Shades, Jack... Let me get this one by myself. Be fantastic. Stand a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, clap a little louder, go forever greater, we can show you how to, when will you be then? You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the very marble marching society. During the Fantastic Four report, unnoticed by that uh, emissary of evil, Jack Frost, Shades and Jack took a powder. Prop Veritas's little teleportation thingy had them end up right in the dead center of Santa's workshop, providing quite the shock and surprise to those Christmas elves. Whoa! Jumping reindeer! Hey, who are you guys? Check it out, Shades. We made it. We're in Santa's workshop. Wow! Oh! Oh! Hey! Uh, yep. But it's a one-way trip. My teleportation disc, it's dead. Mine too. We'd better find someone in charge soon. I'm in charge. Who do you think you are popping in here and disrupting our work schedule like this? Those pointed ears are great. It makes you look like a short Mr. Spock. What? Who? Is this guy nuts or what? I would go with nuts. It's better if you ignore him. I always do. Hmm, you got a point there, stranger, but you still haven't told me why you're breaking up my workforce on the busiest night of the year, Christmas Eve. We need to see Santa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Did you hear that, boys? You want him tonight. <laughs> no one sees the big guy on Christmas Eve. <laughs> if we don't, Jack Frost is going to kill our friends. Jack Frost? Did he say Jack Frost? Mm -hmm. Jack, Jack Frost? Is that what he said? Did that guy say Jack Frost? Is he pulling my leg? For once he's making sense. Jack Frost is free. Great shades of solstice! Ring the alarm! We need the big guy now! This is a gingerbread alert. All elves to your stations. Team Green, retrieve Globe 1. Team Red, retrieve Globe 2. Code Frost, Code Frost, get the sleigh ready. You got it, boss. I'll go get the sleigh ready right now. Down the fireman's pole comes Father Christmas himself. You know, that pole is done up like a candy cane. Keep into a theme. <laughs> I heard everything, Mortimer. Why don't you go get that globe that we use for emergencies and load it on the sleigh? It's going to take a few minutes for them to prepare our ride. So do you boys have any questions for me? Yeah, I have one. Oh no. Sure. What is it, Jack? Santa, 
you know I've been really good this year, right? Here it comes. Why, yes, you have. Can I have the Baxter building for Christmas this year? I knew it'd be something like that. Gentlemen, that sound means the sleigh's ready. Let's go save your friends. Finally noticing that our uh, tepid twosome took it on the lamb, the fodder of frostbite is interrogating those left behind. Ryan, MC, Professor Veritas, and good old Lord Highboy. All right, where are they? Where are who, per se, old chap? Don't mess with me. You know who I mean. And if you don't tell me... <sighs> you hear that? It's coming from the roof. What is it? It sounds like eight tiny reindeer to me. <laughs> no, it can't be him. Not when I'm so close to victory. Oh, but it is. Better be good, Jack, because Santa Claus is coming to town. And he's here to kick your icy butt. Ho, ho, ho. No! Merry Christmas. But not for you, Jack Frost. You've been naughty. Shook by Santa's surprise appearance, Frosty the Iceman's distracted. So quick-thinking Ryan takes action. MC, you and Lord Highborn, get quickly out the line of fire. Can do. Right-ho. Professor, go to the control room and destroy that algorithm before it completes its evil work. I'm gonna try to help shade Jack and Santa. The prof grabs his arm, stopping our hero in his tracks, and tells him, You can't, Ryan. I have a task. Only one with your agility can complete. Are you sure? They might need help. If it does not get done, it no longer matters what happens to Frost. Alright, what is it? The prof hands Ryan a small electric box. You got it. Good luck, Professor. Godspeed, young man. When Santa sleigh lands, Jack and Shades each are given half of a divided crystal globe. Then Saint Nick tells them, A little Christmas magic added to this snow globe. Now, Shades, you take this half right. Jack, you take this half left. I want you to surround Jack Frost. And when I tell you... Closing. Santa, these are about half the size of a baseball. How are we going to get them around the master of the meteoric drop? Do they grow like, um, giant man? No, no, no. They'll shrink him like Ant-Man. That's going to be a fantastic effect. Will you just go already? <laughs> Those two always make me laugh. Jack and Shade cycle around the icy villain, flanking him just like Santa told him to. While Jack Frost stares at Santa, their eyes locking like two western gunfighters. Are you solid yet, old man? Or are you still in phasing mode, as you were when you brought your sleigh through the rooftop? Like a glacier. And that makes me solid enough to stop you, Mr. Frost. You wish, fat boy. There's no holiday council to help you now. 
It's just you and me. You know, it doesn't have to be this way, Jack. We were friends once. That was a long time ago. Before you chose these puny humans over me. Now you're gonna pay, fatty. I chose love, friendship, kindness. Those things that are pure and holy and make up the Christmas spirit. It's not too late for you to make the same choice. Bah humbug. Draw! The evil icicle fires an icy blast at Kris Kringle, who takes off his Santa cap and catches the thing. Then he aims the energy right back where it came from. Santa knocked them for a loop that time. I'm just getting warmed up. Or should I say colder? While Jack Frost stumbles to his feet, getting back in the ring on this fight, we look in on Ryan, who's finally made it up to the rooftop. <sighs> That's a whole lot of stairs. I gotta hire a personal trainer. Looking up, he spies the transmitter. There it is. Just gotta climb up and attach the signal blocker. And climb he does. Yeah. The powerful producer goes up hand over hand, ignoring all the dangers, the swirling winds, the icy cold, possible stray bites. Keep climbing there, Pally. Keep climbing, Ryan. Yous can make it. We're all counting on you. Give it all yous got until... Almost there. Got it. Now to turn it on and pray. It worked! Okay, Professor, now it's your turn. The battle rages on, with jealous Jack Frost throwing a blizzard at the jolly old elf. What a battle. It's freezing in this room for us, but poor Santa is getting the full brunt of the storm. His beard is icing up. How much more punishment can he take? Come on, Santa, hang in there. This looks bad. Wait a minute. What's that he's getting out of his jacket? It looks like a whip made out of holly wreath. Well, you have to create a Christmas cheer. Cracks his wreath like a whip. It loops around the wintry weirdo, just like old Roy Rogers roping a steer. Hey, what is this? Some kind of holly reef? Don't let me out! Stop in the blizzard just in time. Way to go, Santa! It'll take more than a cluster of pine needles to put me on ice. Jack Frost says as the holly wreath begins to ice over. Look out, guys. I think it's gonna crack. <laughs> I'm free! And now you're finished, you big fat home invader! In the control boot, a very nervous Professor Veritas is locked onto that red light, hoping it's gonna flash soon.
Come on, Ryan. I cannot input the final code. Until the light goes off indicating the scramble is working. Amazing! He has done it! Now to input the code! From the control booth, the intercom sparks to life with this message. The algorithm is destroyed, Santa. You need stall no longer. No! No! My beautiful world-conquering little Christmas surprise destroyed! You will all pay for this outrage. I, I don't think so, Jack. Boys! Move in! Now! Now... Now for a little Christmas magic. Ho, ho, ho! With a wave of Santa's hands, the two halves of the snow globes start to light up and energize. Much to the surprise of Jack and Shades, the snow globes in their hands start emitting an ice blue ray right at the frigid felon. He's getting smaller and smaller as Jack and I continue to close in. That really was a bat-tastic effect. I'll just take that snow globe off your hands, boys. You know, for safekeeping. Sure thing, Santa. Here. I'm here to help Santa, just give me a minute. Oh, I gotta catch my breath. Can I get a personal trainer for Christmas? Wonderful job, young Ryan. We could not have saved the world without you. Jack Frost is now imprisoned. Hopefully he'll learn his lesson, and one day, he too can walk free. With that, Santa's belly jiggles like a bowl full of jelly, and the light of Christmas magic fills the studio. Look! Quigley is thawing! So's Mrs. Miniver. They're both fine. Thanks, Santa. I will tell you all the real story of Christmas. It comes from the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman Empire. This was the first census that took place when Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were on their way there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them in the inn. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around the angels. The shepherds were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring tidings of gladness and great joy to all people. 
Today in the city of David was born a Savior, Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, goodwill and peace to all men. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things that they had heard and seen. Now, it's time for me to get to my night's work. This is, after all, Christmas Eve. Ho, 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 he said with a twinkle in his eye as he jumped into the sleigh. On Dancer, on Dasher, on Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, and, and you too, Blitzen. Dash away, dash away, dash away all! You could hear him say as the sleigh took flight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night! And special thanks to Jeff Dower as Jack Frost, Brian Couric, the head elf, Jojo Marquez, a background elf, and Mark Turpin as Shades, Rachel Yodling as Mrs. Miniver, Ryan Placentia as Producer Ryan, Jack Dower as Santa, Jack, and the narrator. And my theatrical brother Maynard as Lord Highborn, Quigley, the MC, and a magical background elf. Hey everyone, quickly I'd like to thank Jack for the opportunity. I have music on all platforms under the name 909 Dominus. Have a great day and be fantastic. I can't have the Baxter building for Christmas. But if I'm really good, can I get a fantastic car? Maybe the bathtub model at least? No, no, no. Merry Christmas. Santa, this is what I deal with all the time. You've just permanently made the nice list, my boy. Hooray for Santa Claus! Christmas day, you'll wake up and you'll say, 